attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about a movie that allows its main character to use 100% of their brain, plunging them into a world of danger, are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? Limitless. I mean, Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. Totally different. <laughs> One of the biggest differences? Mm -hmm. Boobs. Yeah, Bradley Cooper didn't have none. Did not have boobs. He didn't have none. Didn't Scarlett Johansson used to have much bigger boobs? Have they kind of... She's leaned up a little bit. You know what? We'll have to watch Under the Skin. Ooh. Just, you know, for research. Yes, that's what I'm going to call it. And then we'll make that determination. <laughs> then we'll know. I'll be sure to take notes. Yeah, I hear she's given it all up in that movie. Was that the alien movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hope uh, I didn't give anything away. You wouldn't know from the trailer. Yeah. So he probably did give some away. If you watch the trailer, it just seems like, I like Kubrick. Watch old people that die go out in space. Hope I didn't give anything away. <laughs> Thank you, Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. And no, I'm not a licensed teacher, but I have been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure I've touched them. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with uh, jokes and rants and sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week. Basically, search the movie guys anywhere you like on the Google machine, and we come right up. That's iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, and of course... TheMovieGuys.net, absolutely free, and we encourage you to subscribe where you can, and if you do, still... How much is that, Paul? No charge. Oh, well. You can also find our showcasts, like the one you're listening to, on a couple of internet radio stations out there as well, including WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, and JonasMountRadio.com, Thursdays at 6. And from what I understand, they don't charge either, so basically, we're out there. I'm your host for the hardest-working podcast on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Lee Caius and a veritable Ooh. bevy of special guests first helping us co-host. He's the edit doctor, and he's making his third appearance on the show, which makes him like the Alec Baldwin of the movie showcast. <laughs> yeah, minus the sleeping bag bit. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we won't be doing that. Mike J. Nichols is here. Hey, Mike Nichols. J. Nichols. Yeah. Mike J. Nichols. Uh, and, of course, uh, later in the show, we'll be joined by one of the stars of Travel Channel's Magic Outlaws and one of the world's premier close-up magicians, World class, one might say. Wow. Yes. Uh, David Minkin will be here. Woo! David. I love me some close-up magic. Yeah, and I'm excited to talk to him about uh, the new Woody Allen film that's coming out, Magic in the Moonlight. It's not often we have a movie about magic, so we want to make sure we had a magician on here to talk Bert about Wonderstone. that. Wonderstone. Kind of I know. Well, well, where was David then? <laughs> that's the, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but before that, uh, we'll be giving you the, uh, the preview business to a number of films. Three major releases this weekend to get our listeners in the know about what's coming out, including Lucy... Finally, uh, a movie comes along to appeal to the ancient orator crowd as the legendary Hercules returns to the screen in the form of Dwayne Johnson. Let's listen to a little bit of uh, that movie. I will beat the odds. I can go the distance. I will face the world. Fearless, proud, and strong. I will please the gods. I can go the distance. Okay, that may have been Disney's Hercules. Oh, dear I God. may have been wrong about that. And uh, later in the show... This summer, I need you to take care of my daughter while I'm gone. What's going on? It's my son. Wait, who's that? That's my granddaughter. She's probably Guatemalan. He had sex with the maid once. From the director of The Bucket List. Would you like to do this yourself? Only if you do it wrong. I'm going to make someone a great wife someday. So what does it take to melt Michael Douglas's asshole heart? <laughs> Hall and Oates, apparently. <laughs> and that's... And So It Goes, a new film from Rob Reiner. With a dog take. Did you hear the dog take? 
Yeah, that's comedy. the The trailer to this though does have a uh, some pretty funny quips in it. I don't know. It's just basically him and Diane Keaton sitting on a porch, though, right? I, I would say it's quip filled. It's quip filled. Yeah, they argue once in a while. You know, Diane Keaton uh, gets in these older adult comedies, and you know, whoever's an older adult male just eventually gets teamed up with her. But so. she's been in them forever. It's true. She has <laughs> she's been always played the older adult male comedy. Uh, female lead. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you watch that trailer. It feels more like that's a tragedy film, but that they just made a trailer that's comedy, like The Shining. Yeah. You know that. that <laughs> little, right. That's I, my I'm daughter. Sure I don't know who she is. That's a nine-year-old left alone. It does feel like a mashup. When I watch it, it does. It does not feel real. It's when they turned Ferris Bueller into a story about a cancer patient. Yeah, yeah. They throw Salisbury Hill into the Hills Have Eyes or something. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to our first movie. Right to it. What do you say? Every generation has to be reminded mm-hmm. that nobody wants to see a Hercules movie. And this one, uh, no different. So we have a new one. And much like your Trader Joe's shopping bag, this movie is over 50% recycled material. Let's talk about it, Lee. Here we go. Step aside, Kellen Lutz. There's a new Hercules in town, and he's not in New York. To show them how to throw the discos. No, this time the most famous mighty warrior is played by The Rock. What's next for this casting agent? Clint Eastwood is an old guy? Hercules is the latest big screen adaptation of the classic Greek myth that nobody could give a shit about. They've been trying to get us to give a shit about Hercules since the 1950s with Steve Reeves. They tried in the 80s with Lou Ferrigno. They even tried to get us to give a shit about him earlier this year. What's different about this take on the legendary mythological hero? This time they actually cast a larger-than-life legend, The Rock. Let's play a clip. Hercules, hero of song and story. Hercules, winner of ancient glory. It doesn't matter what your name is! Okay, hang on a second. That might have been uh, an old uh, show from television. Let's try again. Oh, Hercules, 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 Hercules! Okay, that's not it. This is the one where the rock is all angry in the woods and he's yelling. That makes more sense now. Okay. See, Paul, it's that's right there in the name. It's in the name. That's wrong. Okay. This, this okay. is it. This is the okay. clip from Hercules. Here we go. This is Sparta! Damn it! Okay. All right, let's try one more. I am Hercules! Either way, it was a guy yelling, so it, we got to the right one. In all it, fairness, I could see how you could, could confuse all of those <laughs> as the same movie. And then he points his sword at the cat, and it turns into a battle cat, and... <laughs> Just like He-Man. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Oh, you've, got, you've been sorry. watching too much He-Man. Yeah. Now, this film picks up after Hercules has completed his 12 labors of legend, as seen in February's installment of People Love Hercules, or I think that's what it was called. Now, those twab- 12 labors being VCR repair, lawn mowing, temping, air conditioner repair maintenance, trying to get a plastic wrap off a CD, tax prep, dental visits, clearing level 140 of Candy Crush, getting a hold of someone at the unemployment office, watching the reader, swearing off gluten, and shopping with your girlfriend. Got to be superhuman. (laughs) After having completed the 12 labors, Hercules finds himself with little to do and a lot of time in his hands, so he decides to hire himself out as a sword for hire. Ooh, the king of Thrace enlists Hercules to help him get rid of a tyrannical tyrannical. That's a type of bread. I love the tyrannical, <laughs> yeah, tyrannical. The tyrannical bread. It's also a, a MMA punch. <laughs> a tyrannical <laughs> warlord. And it's up to Hercules to succeed where others have failed. Sort of like this franchise. 
Thank you. This, the fact that Hercules is back in theaters always seems to have a little more to do with how well superhero movies are doing. Every time an exciting, currently beloved character from a modern medium like comics makes $100 million, someone tries to get Hercules off the ground. So far, the only successful Hercules movie was the original Conan the Barbarian movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Here's a clip from the movie. Now, in this scene, boong, and dun-dun-dun, square off in a fight. Oh, it should be exciting. Yes. Epic. Yeah, that was a pretty accurate <laughs> description. Since this is a Dwayne Johnson movie, when does Hercules adopt a young, precocious girl who turns his world upside down, yet warms his heart? But I have to imagine that every once in a while, Hercules is reminded that he's the son of a god, and he can just tap into that power whenever he wants, which seems a little too convenient. Zeus Ex Machina! There's a whole series of sequels planned that are based on the remaining letters in Shazam. If this tanks, I fear the sequels will go straight to DVD. Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. There you go, that's Hercules! Hercules! No colon! Yeah, there's no, uh... It's just Hercules. It's just Hercules. You think they'd put Hercules colon the Thracian Wars, or Hercules colon... Because Back this in the is saddle or Age whatever. of Extinction. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Call of uh, New Port of New Orleans. Port of Call of New Orleans, yeah. Uh, based Call on a novel pushed by Sapphire. One but this those. is a follow-up to last year's February Hercules. Or no, or is it just another Hercules That was movie? this year, January, Lee. Dear God, time <laughs> stood still when I watched that movie. That was January? You with didn't see that movie. Kellen Lutz? Yeah. Well, didn't it sweep the nation? Wasn't, no. wasn't everyone dressed as Hercules last Halloween? Which no. hasn't happened yet, right? Was like, it Hercules? The Legend Continues, I yeah. think, is what yeah, it was, yeah, too. Yeah. Which As if there was another one before that, which like, there wasn't. Like the Legend of the Lone Ranger. That's where we went with that. Because this is like the uh, uh, the giant meteors that are crashing into the Earth movie series <laughs> that went on for a while. We're just gonna, one more coming. Yeah. One more is coming. So you think there's a third one on its There'll way? There'll be a third one, sure. But this has nothing to do with that other one, right? I mean, it's just another Hercules movie. It's not picking Correct. up. Correct. No, they didn't work in tandem. Like, Brett Ratner didn't work with whoever the hell directed that one and make them together. They, but they are about different time periods in Hercules' life. What what executive just got off the turnip truck is pitched a Hercules movie and goes, yes, absolutely, we should get, yes, right away. Get another one of those out there. Yeah. Maybe they, they thought they got the guy, finally? In The Rock, who who is uh, very noticeably Dwayne Johnson. The Rock is missing now from oh. his, uh, which I think it might have been for a while, but now that he's leading man, The Rock is, is gone. He's just Dwayne Johnson. I haven't noticed that, but. Which is a generic name. The Rock? Yeah. Well, no, or Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. The Rock is a, yeah. That, I would have I stuck with The Rock, maybe. <laughs> Called see what The happens. Rock. Yeah. And like you say, he wears a lion-headed Snuggie for most of the movie. Yes. He's got some loincloth going on there. <laughs> from what I can tell, the movie's, like I said, it's split into two to two stories. It's him accomplishing the 12 legends of labor and then the the hiring of the sword for hire bit. Yeah, uh, Maybe. Maybe. Okay. You got a plot out of the trailer? I, More than well, I got. Or did I, you read Wikipedia? I read Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> because if you watch any of the trailers, it is just Bwong and Dun 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 and, fighting it out while Hercules slays the lion, the mm -hmm. boar, does some laundry. Have you actually read the 12 labors of of Hercules? No. There's like four of them are like, pick apples. There's a couple of them you just have to pick some apples, and one <laughs> of them you have to fold some laundry. Honestly, it's it's stealing, capturing, Going killing. Going to the mall with your girlfriend and then, shopping. Yeah, and then <laughs> gathering. Yeah. <laughs> fluffing. There's some fluffing and folding going on in those. But one of them was, I think, stealing apples. 
that's not a tall order. Yeah. The man is a half god. Well, it's funny because it's stealing apples, and then there's a note, parenthetical, and he got some help from like somebody else. <laughs> he couldn't even get the apple. Eustatius or <laughs> something. Yeah, Eustatius yeah. held, held the ladder for him. Like, <laughs> he was tr- he was entrusted with the half labors of legend. Eustatius, go in and like, help people with their stuff, and you'll be good. And one of them was, yeah, like cleaning the stables, the Aegean stables in a day. <laughs> that was one of them. He had to shovel Gross. shit for a day. Yeah. yeah. No. Then, like, topple a kingdom. And I just, as a, uh, as a note to our listeners, uh, Hercules is not Atlas. What was Atlas's deal? I don't and know. Why doesn't he have a movie? For whatever reason, I always think of them together as the same thing. And I just wanted to put that out there because I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I will admit, though, all I really know about Hercules is he's strong. I don't really know much else. Yeah. If I'm going to learn something from this movie, I'll, I'll take it. Is this the movie that will learn me something? Is he I'm a, not sure. Is he a Greek or a Roman mythological? Greek, Greek. I believe. Yeah. Okay. Along with... Uh... Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury. Oh, uh, yes. Who all have movies coming. Yeah. This will be fun. Atlas. He's on there. Oh, he's, okay. There you go. Ooh. He's the Atlas in Shazam. I want to see the Atlas fight Hercules. Movie, movie, yeah. Because remember, remember when like, is he like the Rock? He's the Atlas now. Because Jason and Freddy went so well. Well, I remember when like Commando and Rambo and all those movies were out. And as a twelve-year-old boy, you would have these very long discussions: who would kick whose ass? Yeah. Commando could Commando beat Rambo? So now we actually have the opportunity to see if Atlas could beat. But could Cobra? Cobra beat oh, Cobra. Raw deal. Oh my. Oh, absolutely. Which that's so that's his name, as far as I'm concerned. Isn't he his name in the movie? I need to go back and watch. Could Cobra Red Heat again. beat up Raw Deal? Oh, well, now now you're getting into some real Could cliffhanger, existential up, yeah, exactly. Schwarzenegger characters fighting each other. I was in the realm of Stallone versus Schwarzenegger. But so you see it? Yes, Hercules. No, no, no. Really? No. Is it Ratner? Is he the turnoff? Everything I read. Oh, well, now that you say that, says yes. that he's the turnoff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I just have I've never had an interest in this kind of movie. There's some good exploding wood in it, though, and you know how there I'm, is. Ex- there's I'm a ton a big of good fan exploding, exploding wood. wood. Yeah. For, for listeners who don't know, exploding wood is this this technology we've brought to like blowing up trees. When movies take place in in times of the world where there weren't high explosives, we have to come up with a way to have yeah. Yeah, I think for, we start. It started with Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, right? Holmes. Cannonball hits a tree. That thing just boom. Wood everywhere. Exploding wood. I love exploding wood. Yeah. I liked it when I was a teenager, too, but that's a whole different story. Say, you can get right? that down on Hollywood Boulevard. All right, uh, Mike, I don't want to spend too much time on our next film, but uh, I need you to help me talk about it, all right? This movie has uh, changed its release date a number of times to where I'm not even sure it's really opening this week. But we should devote some time to the lighthearted adult comedy, given the title of a uh, horribly depressing Billy Joel song. And so it goes. And because old people need movies to go to as well, here comes, and so it goes. Tired of stuff happening in your movies? Well, then this is the movie for you. No sudden movements, no loud noises. This movie is guaranteed not to startle its audience, which is probably best. Lee, is this based on a book? No, it is not. But it does star Michael Douglas, Diane Keaton, and it is directed by Rob Reiner. So you could make an argument that it is actually a movie. In the real estate agent's version of Lethal Weapon, Michael Douglas has one last escrow to close before he retires. And in this film, Diane Keaton plays someone who is also in the movie, dressed as you remember last seeing her, in an untucked man shirt. Douglas's sleazy real estate agent, I repeat myself, Douglas's real estate agent discovers one day that he's actually in the plot of a Dwayne Johnson movie as he meets the granddaughter he never knew he had. 
and the girl throws his life in a tailspin, as a man over 50 with a successful, lucrative career obviously has no idea how to care for a nine-year-old girl. I swear I've seen this movie before, yet it reminds me of movies I wish I hadn't seen before. Said trailer employs two tactics that will either draw you in or turn you off. We'll play them, you decide. First up, Zingers! The house is not worth eight million. And you'll get hit by a bus if the driver does what he's paid to do. Whoa. Is what you're gonna say really worth what I'm about to say back? I have sold houses older than you, all right? In a lot worse condition. I need a woman's perspective, and you're the closest thing to it. You always could charm me. If that doesn't work, let Pukey voiceover guy tell you all about <laughs> And So It Goes. This summer, from the director of The Bucket List and When Harry Met Sally, comes a comedy about friendship, family, and the little things that bring us all together. <laughs> there you go. That's And So It Goes. Well, for keeping score, um, I've, I've always loved Zingers, especially the, the vanilla ones. So I'm going to go with Zingers. Over Hercules? Well, you said or just over those two things. Yeah, the two well, things. no one goes with pukey, yeah, pukey, guy. pukey voiceover guy. And th thanks to Mike Nichols mentioning I've it at the top it. of the show, I can't listen yeah. to this trailer without yeah. hearing. I played it twice for that reason. What's the that? Fake it, montage. It, it, it's it sounds fake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he really kills that nine-year-old girl <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> dun, 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 she is in the trunk dun, dun, most yeah. of the car. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it, we need that guy to come in and and, uh, and yeah and cheese it up. Yeah, how could Make you it a romantic comedy? Who is that guy? Do we know who that guy is? I don't know. We, he was the he did a it's got to be the same voice from The Nut Job. Oh. No, I was talking about who uh, the, the guy who's been editing or do a bunch of people do that? Yeah. They What's well, that? they come in they give you oh, an the, assignment like you're a comedy trailer guy, drama trailer guy. Oh, are you every, talking about people who do the spoof edits? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Cuz I'm wondering how do you those shining romantic comedies of black back to the future yes. thrillers, yeah, murder murder th movies? Cuz I would love to see somebody try to spoof edit this. Good luck. What's it become? Yeah. There's too much pukey guy. You can't take that guy out of the trailer. Can't cut around him. You just use Fatal Attraction score and put the nine-year-old girl in it, and then it becomes a completely different movie? <laughs> and that movie I'd see. He was a small boy from a desert planet who dreamed of a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> that guy's so cheesy. Is he the new Johnny Thunderthroat in LaFontaine? Is he... Johnny Thunderthroat? <laughs> what was his name? John LaFontaine. Don yeah. LaFontaine. Don Johnny Thunderthroat. Well, that's a whole <laughs> that's different, a different movie. movie I was watching last yeah. night. Sorry. Again, sex tape reference. <laughs> I just, I just sex <laughs> tape. I know. It's, it's a shame we didn't bring you on during sex well, tape. Well, we said exploding wood earlier. That's where yeah. I thought we were going with it. Thunderthroat. That's got to be a movie. I wish Jamie were here to look that up. I'm sure Thunderthroat's <laughs> yeah, sure a movie somebody. somewhere. I'm sure it's a Rob Schneider film. I would watch it. But Diane Keaton is in, he in here with her untucked man shirt, which is the most ubiquitous thing she's she wear she's constantly wearing like yeah from like her dad shirt mr good bar on yeah it's, she, that's her thing she's and she's not frumpy i don't this is what i don't get because there's a scene in here where she actually stretches as an actress and tucks her shirt in a bit mm. i've seen her waist it's it in the trailer it's in the tra yeah there's, oh. she's on stage somewhere did you see something's gotta give the one with nicholson where he replaced is that greg kinnear yeah i think so uh keanu reeves oh she What's dates keanu reeves yeah no. She's nude in that movie at like 60, whatever oh, she wow. is. wow. Briefly. She walks by and didn't know anyone was in the house. It's a comic moment. But for a second, you're like, oh, Diane Keaton. And then Something's got to give. I think that's what I was thinking. And then she puts on a Is that what you said? Is that what I said? Yeah. What's this one called? <laughs> and so, so it goes. Go. That, okay. That's exactly right, Lee. <laughs> Who the hell? No, these are I innocuous titles. Where I've seen this movie before. And oh, it's not called Something's Got to Give. Rob Reiner made the greatest movies. And then uh, lately, yeah. the. They're not making money, and uh, do you think this is kind of just like, you know, I don't care to make money. 
I know who this is for, and I'm just going to make something I want to make, something I like. I don't know. He really did. He made great movies. He was like the uh, he me. was the go-to guy man. for genres. Like he was not in pigeon pigeonholed in any. No, Princess Bride. I mean, the three <sighs> movies I just mentioned, all different. But I do believe there might be some of that to this for him. Meaning, he's look. There's an audience out there that needs to be served. It's you know the 65 and older. Don't startle them. Because I, I bring the same argument to this as I would uh, Full House. Like Full House, the TV show was just the worst show. But everything can't be NYPD Blue. Right, it just, you just can't have a whole schedule of you know Seinfeld and NYPD Blue. You got to have something for you know right. old people. Maybe Rob Reiner will be the new Tyler Perry for older people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then One again, every six months he was so great in The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, as which an actor, is yeah. not at all for which is weird to say it's not for adults when it's a completely adult film. But the sixty-five and overs, which is oh, I don't like what that boy from Titanic is doing nowadays. <laughs> you know, but uh, God, he's good in that movie. Makes you remember that he, he acted once upon a time and quite well. Was he on Mary Tyler Moore? Was that him? All in the family. All in the family. Oh, that's Rob. I'm thinking of Carl. Yeah. Ooh, which I want to bring up if I haven't already. Carl Reiner, back in the days of Mary Tyler Moore, stole my hair idea, my casual oh, hair did he? idea. Yes. I was explaining that bit just to somebody yesterday. Yeah, so to bring everyone else up to speed, I firmly believe that men in this modern day and age should be able to wear fake hair without. You know any pretense? Like I'm not trying to fool you. I'm just putting on hair for the evening because it goes better with the suit. Like earrings. Like earrings, or or women with their extensions, or or makeup for anything. It's just it's just part of the outfit. And then if I'm going to go play basketball, I'll put on my basketball hair. If I'm going to go to a formal, I'll put on my formal hair. Right. Right. Because Carl, in the movies, no one questions it. Correct. Billy Bob Thornton got hair one movie. Don't have hair the next. I got a weave. I got a. It's straight. It's curly. It's whatever. And no one goes, hey. Hey, Bruce Willis, yeah. what are you doing? You and know? why? Because the part requires it, right? The role calls for somebody to have hair. Well, well, a formal evening might require me to have hair. But Carl Reiner was doing this in uh, Mary Tyler Moore. There's a whole scene where he has all his toupees set up on his <laughs> desk, and Mary Tyler Moore comes in. It's the, uh, it's the episode where she exposes the fact to everybody on the staff that her boss, I don't know what his name in that show was, uh, wears a toupee. Oh, yeah, what was his name in that? And then, Son of and the reason this is all brought to light is I was watching the Tom Green show the other night, and Carl was on there explaining how, in real life, what he would do is if he was going to an event that he knew was going to be nationally televised, he'd wear hair. If it was just a local <laughs> event in Beverly Hills with his friends, no hair. And here I thought I was on the cutting edge of fashion. Well, you're on the cutting edge of reviving this. Yes. At this point, Reiner's done with the hair. <laughs> yeah. Carl's, he's, he's done. You get someone's got to pick up the mantle. But we're not talking about the Carl members of Kiss. Rob. Hmm? Members of Kiss. They're Members, of oh my God, yeah. How bald are they? They're straight up bald, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I ran into one of them in Vancouver or Toronto. Was he bald? No, it was um, casual hair day. <laughs> no, I was just getting disembarking from an Alaskan cruise, and we were staying in a in a, uh, a hotel, and he was in the lobby. God, which one was it? He said disembarking from an Alaskan a cruise. cruise. Yeah. That's like a film title, <laughs> starring good. Diane Keaton and Michael Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Disembarking. We were disembarking from a uh, uh, Alaskan cruise, <laughs> and then we saw Gene Simmons. It wasn't Gene. It was Ace Freely. Yeah, who I don't think has been in the group for a while now. Oh, okay. So maybe but, it wasn't an official. But he was one of the original. No, he's one of the originals. Yeah, he's an original. Yeah, I can't imagine he has hair either. Whoever this was had hair. I don't know if it was his. I don't know if he was stealing my idea. Maybe he had his tr- his Vancouver hair on. 
His Canadian piece. <laughs> All right, let's get to our final film here. Uh, our final film is called Lucy. Lucy, I'm home. Finally, this summer gets a superhero movie that scars, stars Scarlett Johansson and stars Scarlett Johansson. Lee, let's talk about it. Here we go. Well, we'll try. Yeah, right? I'm not doing any better, Paul. In the not-too-distant future, modern science will finally take the movie Limitless seriously and get around to inventing a drug that will make use of the other 89% of our brain, with the remaining 1% still allocated to remembering whether or not Limitless was any good. In what the movie guys are calling the worst just-say-no metaphor since that film, Lucy, played by Scarlett Johansson, is given a whole bunch of drugs that make her really smart and give her the ability to move objects with her mind. See, kids? Drugs are bad. Get out of here, Dewey. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. <laughs> Lucy. Something's happened to my, my brain. It's all dried up. Is forced by a criminal enterprise to act as a mule for them by smuggling a container of some chemical in her stomach. But when the container springs a leak and seeps into her bloodstream, she becomes a mule with the powers of a superhuman. And she instantly becomes a... A genius. I mean, who knew there were no cool names for half-human, half-mule? As the chemical seeps into Lucy's system, she gains more power as she uses an increasing amount of her brain capacity, eventually allowing her to change her eye and hair color as fast as she thinks it. See there, ladies? Don't, don't like the color of your hair? Think harder. <coughs> Maybe you'd be a blonde if you weren't so dumb? Is that what they're saying? The drug gives Lucy... As soon as I get to feeling a little better, I'm going to kill myself. Really big brains. And she uses her really big brains to outsmart the bad guys, or at least distract them long enough to kick them in the nuts. In small doses, this chemical is rather benign, but when you take a whole bunch of it, well, you can move objects with your mind. Like Tekron, or Retson. <clears throat> Clever choice to have a woman as the lead character. You see, if this movie was about a man who was able to use 100% of his brain, I'm pretty sure the plot would revolve around him designing a supercomputer that would enable him to download twice as much porn. Need the plot further explained? Fear not. Morgan Freeman is here to do just that, what he does best, and he's once again caught up in more transcendence. It is estimated most human beings only use 10% of the brain's capacity. Imagine if we could access 100%. Interesting things begin to happen. This looks like my kind of film. The hero pretty much kicks ass from beginning to end, and even better than that, Lucy progressively kicks more ass as she goes. It's as, as though she starts out Jack Reacher and ends up a Jedi Knight. Here's a clip from one of the many action scenes. Well, like you say, he grabbed me by the hair and he slugged me. No. Yeah, and then he slugged me again. Pow, oh! Pow, oh! Pow, oh! And then what? He came at me. You know how wild those Cubans are when they get mad. <laughs> but let's ask the question that's really important to Lee's across the country. Does her new power make her even more sexy? Based on what I've seen in this trailer, Paul, I think it does. With this film and under-the-skin ScarJo maybe acting out revenge fantasies, but add this to the Avengers and Captain America, and the takeaway here is don't mess with Scarlett Johansson. So there you go. That's... This ain't your Don John Scarlett Johansson. I think Lee has ruined this movie for me. Explain how. How? You know how uh, years ago everybody made fun of Megan Fox's thumbs? So whenever I yes, see a movie, she had... all I do is stare at her thumbs <laughs> yes. and I don't pay attention. I'm now, you She's pointed out earlier that her boobs are smaller. So when yeah. I see this movie, I'm going to be staring at that the whole time. 
I'm not saying it's ruined, but it is going to be a different experience. It's not as fun as it could have been. It could have been. Do you think she had him? No, I think she just lost weight. If you go back yeah. to like Ghost World, she was very young and kind of yeah. not cherub like, but yeah. Oh god. Well, now she's got she got pregnant, right? So that's why she has all these movies coming out because she did when they got pregnant, but they'll get big again, right? Oh. I don't know. Somebody ruined her. I mean, she got the wonderful I mean, joy of a child. <laughs> 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 I do want to point out that the I Love Lucy drop in which she describes being assailed is her recounting a fictional uh, occurrence between her and Ricky. She's talking about Ricky beating her up. Yeah, yeah. she's got black eyes. She's got a black eye. Is that for real, though, or she's like trying she, to goof on him? No, she, I think she actually got the black eye some other way, and she's explaining to Ethel how Ricky beat her up. And it was hilarious back in whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. Ni- 19, not now. <laughs> That's when that was. So, but I, I might actually see this. Because I, I do like characters that win all the time. Luke Besson is a strange director for me in that he's really inconsistent for me as a director, but he's great as a producer, which is just the opposite of how I like most directors. Like John Hughes, when he directed, great. When he produced, eh, some kind of wonderful, meh, you know, that's no Breakfast Club. Uh, but these Besson produced movies are really fun. Even like Columbiana, they take themselves seriously, they're tough as nails, and they have great action sequences in them. Uh, you know, the Taken films and those type of movies. But now when he directs, it's, you know, we were just talking last week about how I'm not the biggest Fifth Element fan. Mm. I'm not. I don't like the humor in the movie. You know, I like a lot of the action. But um, the professional's great, so he's inconsistent. And the family last year was okay. They didn't quite have as much fun as I hoped they would with all that. That's right, the family. The the, the family on the run hiding in in France. Because it's always France. Also, you pointed out in here that, like, the bag just happens to leak. But in the trailer... She gets the shit beat out of her by somebody, that's which is true. why it why it starts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean he's kicking her in the bag. Yeah. Oh, that sounds weird. And I do have a bit of a problem <laughs> getting to where using your brain would enable you to move objects, and it seems like she can stop time as well. Yeah, you can. I must. You must get connected with some higher power if you can really use that much brain. I'm, I, I'm guessing brain. Morgan Freeman will tell us. <laughs> And if he's not there, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> She'll just wander on in and explain it. <laughs> yeah. Plot bot Sigourney That's Weaver. we use 10%? Is that what he's saying? Optimistically, we yeah. use 10% of our brain? Okay. Yeah. I think that's a little high, but <laughs> you're probably right. I mean, that's probably the geniuses use 10, but now super geniuses, like Wiley Coyote, it goes use 100%. <laughs> it goes to 11. <laughs> right. Well, why don't you just call it 10 and just turn it up to yeah. 10? Exactly. It goes to no, 11. Oh. Now, do you think... Luc Besson only accepts scripts that happen in France, or does he take scripts and then make them occur in France? Is he duck, is he ducking the law like? Uh, I, that was a good question last time. <laughs> what's I think his name? He brought that up with his last with his last film. But. Didn't Luc Besson do the movie with uh, Guy Pearce in it, where it's like lockdown or space something? jail? Yeah. Did he do space jail? Lockout is a great movie. It is. It is Escape from New York. Did you see it? Yeah. It's great, right? And doesn't at the end it says based on a story by Luke Besson? Very possible. Really, I believe which, that's Which it should be, which is a story by John Carpenter. Yeah, right. That's yeah. true. But Escape man, Space Jail is great. Guy Pierce is so entertaining in yeah. that movie. And it's, it's relatively bloodless, which is also great. I love that in these type of movies. When I just heard that The Expendables 3 is PG-13, I welcome that. There's too much shooting guys and knocking their heads off with a bullet yeah. in that movie. Take it easy, and let's just see some more creativity in your action, which they did with Lockout, I thought. The most violent trailer ever is that new Rambo movie that came out. Yeah. It would start out, oh my and gosh. it's a normal trailer for almost 60 seconds, and then proceeded two minutes of the most violence 
of blowing people's legs off, their heads off, point blank, using a machine gun on a guy's head, and it just disappears. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole last 10 minutes is him just, he's had a machine gun just shooting everybody. There's no creativity in the way he wins the day. He literally just picks up a machine gun with like those five inch bullets and just gets, he's just mowing people down and heads and bodies and arms and legs all flying in a hundred different directions. It's crazy. Did that ever come out or did it go? Yeah. Not in a movie thing. Right after Rocky Balboa, he hit the other franchise to bring a cap on that one, which actually has a good ending. But it's not a good movie. Wow, I thought that was. I thought that trailer was kind of. I really didn't know what that was. I didn't know if it was going going to be a movie or if it was just a trailer for what if there was another Rambo movie. It might look like this because it didn't look. <laughs> it was that right. The whole movie was that. <laughs> if we did another Rambo movie, it might look like this for ninety minutes. <laughs> this isn't really it. This is. Yeah, just, we're just fucking around. This here. is the direction we want to go in if we were to <laughs> yeah. produce another ninety minutes of something. And he looks like a giant granite statue in that movie too they shoot him from low angles because you know he's not a tall guy but yeah. he just looks mammoth when he puts his hands around a guy's throat and summarily rips it out of his body <laughs> yeah. I mean that hand swallows the guy's whole head I mean he looks like a giant it's, he's 60 something isn't he he's like 66 or something yeah what was the movie he was just in recently grudge match Before or bullet to the head bullet to the head yeah. that's what it was he played a freaking badass in that yeah that Every also, vein of his body sticking out, all nasty. Every see, muscle and vein you can see. He looks like the bodies exhibit, right? When you go down to <laughs> these museums and they have the bodies where they just took the took the skin and bones out. Have you ever been to that? Yeah. yeah. It's I, I found it fascinating for like the first six things you see, and then it's just well, what if, what would he look like if he's playing basketball? <laughs> it is. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the tennis player? That's where I drew the line. That's like, really? Do I need to see flesh, flesh and yeah. muscle? What if they was hip-hop dancing? <laughs> like, after a while, it's a little disrespectful. Yeah. That guy dies, donates his body to science. <laughs> well, there he is playing table What tennis. if he shoved an ice cream cone up his ass? Oh, why? Like, like, I love that the they, put, they put tennis shoes on him just to make the basketball illusion. <laughs> and the hip-hop, he's got a headband on. But it's just his vascular system otherwise. <laughs> And now you've ruined every Sylvester Stallone movie for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bodies in motion. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. We wrecked Lucy. We're wrecking Oh, my Stallone God. Look at you. his vein. <laughs> he looks like a Bodies in Motion exhibit. And that's Lucy. All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break here and uh, come back with... Um, but there's only going to be about a 10-second break. But in that time, we will magically... It will be magic. Be, you know... Have David Macon join us here in studio. So stick with us. We'll be back with more great movie talk in 10 seconds. He will appear. In a bar in Toledo, across from the depot, on a bar stool, she took off her ring. I thought I'd get closer, so I walked on over. I said... Oh, enough of that. Just so you know, that song makes Toledo sound far more romantic than it is. I, you know what? Yeah, I don't know that song all that well, but I just for you know for the first time was listening in, and it's Toledo. Yeah, well, who sets a country song in Toledo? I I grew up kind of on Kenny Rogers. Should oh. I tell my Kenny Rogers story real Go quickly? Ahead. That I saw him at the Hollywood Bowl, and I went to the Fourth uh, of July um, in Beverly Hills. If you live in Beverly Hills, they they take a bus as a city. They take a bus down to the Hollywood Bowl, and for like twelve dollars, you get bus there. Hollywood Bowl show. It's the L.A. Philharmonic, and then fireworks afterwards or something. And that year, it was uh, Kenny Rogers, and so it was just me and my girlfriend at the time, and like a hundred other eighty-year-old women, <laughs> men and women on this boat, boat or bus, and we get down to the concert. But the point of the story is that Kenny Rogers. Uh, 
st- does, comes out and does like two or three songs, and he immediately sees a guy in the front row who he can tell is not having a good time. And he stops the show, and he says, look, buddy, he goes, I get the impression you're not really enjoying yourself. He says, here, I'll make a deal with you. He said, so for every song I sing that you know, raise your hand, and I'll give you $20. And so the guy was kind of like painted into the corner where even if he lies just to get the $20, he's raising his hand to get $20 from <laughs> Kenny Rogers. And sure enough, he made like 120 bucks that night. <laughs> I guess the point is that we all know far more Kenny Rogers than we like to admit. Yeah. For a second there, I thought you were going to say he pointed to the guy in the front and it was you. I, I would. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you pull up his greatest hits right now and you, and you know, Songs like Ruby, you don't really know Ruby, but then you go, oh yeah, I've heard of Ruby before. Yeah, Lucille, uh, the Gambler, but you know what? Those else? are the big ones. Coward of the County. Those are, but there's some stuff on, on his greatest hits I've never heard of. What condition my condition is in? Is that Kenny that's Rogers? Kenny Rogers? Wow, and that's Kenny Rogers in the Big Lebowski. Did you oh, know? Hey, and that other voice you just heard, everybody. <laughs> uh, we're back with our, with our other special guest, as if Mike Nichols. Look, we're bringing you Mike Nichols, and now we have yet another special guest. One of the best close-up magicians out there, a regular at the Magic Castle and headliner of his own uh, show, his own show here in Los Angeles called Magic and Wine at the Avalon Theater on Vine Street. David Minkin is here, everybody. I'll lead with, did I get that right, or is it Wine and Magic? Magic and Wine. Magic and Wine, I did get that right. Yes, you did. Yes, because for me, the magic is more important, so that's probably what I would tend to call it. That's why I named it like that. There you go, yeah. Mm. Because I don't drink. But everyone I saw the show yesterday was loving the wine. They love the whole thing. It's a real classy night out. It's an experience. Thanks. Yeah, it is an Do experience. Do you rely on the less sharpened uh, <laughs> <laughs> senses of people to, to ply some of your tricks towards the end of the show? Are you just getting lazy there? I hey? think, you know, rely is not really the word. <laughs> I think They're losing know. focus at the end. Maybe the balls are the same color. Who knows? We don't. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell everyone real quick, uh, then we'll get back to uh, something else here I want to cover. But the the show is four, f- uh, like, what would you call it? A flight of wine? Ooh, yes. That. Uh, four good. different wines uh, over an hour with great hors d'oeuvres. Now, those I ate. But, uh, and then the fourth one you take inside and see uh, a two-act magic show that's all David all the time. And he mm-hmm. does real wow. close-up stuff. It's only about 50 or so people get in the theater. And uh, tell us anything more we want to know yeah. about it. Because this is a huge trip advisor, like, uh, the TripAdvisor yeah, yeah. has gone nuts with the positive comments about it, and I would give it one too. So it's huge, and you should go and see it and tell us more. Thanks. Um, it's a ninety-minute show, so it's a full, you know, evening type of show. Whereas, like when I perform at the Magic Castle, it's usually usually eighteen minutes because they they limit you to twenty, and you don't want to go over. So and you got um, other guys in there mucking things up, right? <laughs> what, Coming in before magicians? and after you and all that. Right? Oh, this uh, is this is all you. Actually, I have a funny story about that, uh, but yes, that's. This one is 90 minutes, so it's really my full evening experience. And, and I created the whole thing, so I produced the whole event. So, you know, I, I wanted to create something that was larger <coughs> than the sum of its parts to put something with magic and food and wine and just even bigger than that, we wanted to bring people together. So um, we, the seating is laid out in a way where you're sort of forced to socialize with other people and at these couches yeah. and, you know. So people become friends, and it's just a cool, immersive experience. Yeah, I met a couple from Chicago who had seen the rating on TripAdvisor, and that's what brought them there. Yeah. You know, they could do anything in L.A., and that was one of the couple of things they decided to do. Yeah. So that's if I awesome. hear you correctly, Dave, what you're trying to do is create an entire magical evening. But if you yes. called it a magical evening, it just sounds like every other foofy, yeah, right? stupid magic yeah. show. Yours is really <laughs> clever, and it's actually incorporating things that people want to do, eat and drink and socialize and kind of engage with one another. Yeah. 
Where's this? Where's the Avalon Theater on Vine Street? Yeah, yeah. Vine okay. Street. Yeah, it's yeah, actually upstairs in Bardot, the little private VIP area. Yeah, which I had never been to. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's all sort of Art Decoy up there. It's and private really VIP, cool. Palm. That's why you've never been. Now, what I think exactly. is really, <laughs> what I think is really cool about this. I know there's the wine part of it, but it is. It's that social experience where everybody kind of gets to know each other, mm-hmm. and you do you do move around through that and talk to people. But when you go into the room. It's so much different than if you just got shoveled into a room and he walks out. Mm. Like, everybody feels like they already kind of know not only each other, but you. And it's kind of fair to even interact with you sometimes, too. Usually, I actually don't go out before. But with you guys, I did because, you know, you guys are my peeps. So (laughs) (laughs) I hide. I hide for an hour. Yeah, because I was there. I didn't see him. So he didn't come out for me. (laughs) But it is there. No, I was. (laughs) It is no pun intended a good pairing because, like, wine and cheeseburgers, you know, no. (laughs) Not as not as cool. Wine and paintball. That wine and, and or, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> magic and cheeseburgers. Yeah. I meant anyway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so if, if, if we have the good uh, like the classy food, then the classy show. It's just a real cool night. Thanks. Yeah, but let me uh, start with uh, what I ask every guest on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? Well, you just referenced it, The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. well, you've made a friend in Lee. Yes. Yeah, is that your and favorite you, and movie? You, and you're sitting in Adam's chair. Yes, and you got the answer you're correct. A lot of people get that answer wrong when we <laughs> the ask favorite movie yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we've gotten a correct answer yet. Yeah. Uh, any Tom Cruise movie would pass, and so would be so would the Big Lebowski. Any so. Tom Cruise movie. Any like, Tom Cruise he's movie. He's a big he's a fan. Big fan. Big fan. Wow. Big fan. Okay. Valkyrie. <laughs> you can have Valkyrie. I'll give you Valkyrie. Far and away. Far and away. Absolutely. You wow. can have it. Right. Vanilla I, Sky. Yep. All the right moves. All. Of course. The right moves. Naked Leah Thompson. I mean, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, why the why Lebowski for you? Uh, I just I don't know. It's just so funny. I can watch that movie. I think I've probably watched it fifty times, and it just never gets old. I keep you know I like every move every line in that movie is quotable. Yeah, to the table. What makes an a rewatchable movie? Because I find the Coen Brothers in general very rewatchable. Yeah, that's true. A lot of their films you can sit down. I think for me, a rewatchable movie is one that's easy di- to digest because I've said this before that my my favorite movie isn't necessarily the best movie that's out there because the best movie that's out there might be hard to watch a lot and over and over again. So that's not my favorite movie. Um, so a movie that you can rewatch, I think is it's not going to challenge mm. you too much. It's not going to take you to a place too distinctive. Like like Fight Club, I really like Fight Club, but you just can't pop that in and watch it because it's going to take you to a very dark place for a while, and you don't really yeah. want to be there. Lebowski doesn't do that. Lebowski stays light and fun and easy to easy to digest the whole time. Yeah, Paul, Paul's, Paul's looking at me like that was the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a couple of answers you could give. <laughs> no, that, no, that's a good answer. For me, that's what makes a movie. Ed Wood. Ed Wood doesn't take you to that kind of dark place. That's a quotable movie. If you haven't watched Ed Wood. Uh, I don't think I have, actually. It's really good. And I I got really hung up on uh, watching Big Lebowski when you live in L.A. because it's such a quintessential Los Angeles movie. There's so Mm. many things about that movie that I think the other viewers in Cleveland can can watch and appreciate but don't really relate to to the extent that you do if you're living in L.A. Yeah. I mean, just the apartment he lives in, you know, the neighborhood he's driving through. We've seen those things. Those are the places we used to... You know, in Hollywood, that's what that—that's what it looks like when he's going door to door to tell everyone he's a better ass. <laughs> the In-N-Out Burger. That was the same neighborhood I went door. To, I mean, I know that neighborhood. I mean, carry on. I bowled <laughs> at that bowling alley. You bowled at the bowling, which is yeah. gone now, right? Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, that's a shame. Hmm. Who? How people didn't lobby for that? They lobby for these Lebowski fests all mm-hmm. over the country. You ever been to one of those? No, I'm yeah. thinking about going. Yeah, <laughs> show up in the robe, and now the cast has been coming out. Now it's not just fans anymore, but uh. the one in New York, I guess, Bridges and Goodman and Buscemi, all of them came out to uh. for Q and A and everything. 
They had to get an arena or, or a, at least an auditorium to do it in, not just a bar where everyone was having white Russians in their bathroom. Wow. You know, so, it's, yeah, it's a big deal thing. Um, so there's a new movie coming out called Magic in the Moonlight. This is a Woody Allen film. I reviewed it a couple weeks ago because I got seen advanced screening. And it's a movie about magic. So, again, I wanted to have David on to talk about this because it's Colin Firth. And we, we didn't get the full preview treatment because it's getting a limited release. But if you're in one of the cities that's going to show Magic in the Moonlight opening this weekend, uh, I recommend checking it out because it's a good romantic comedy. It's a nice Woody Allen comedy that's not really going to be super challenging. It's not Match Point or Midnight in Paris, you know, where the time jumps or anything like that. It's just very simple but very enjoyable. Not very simple and lame like some of his stuff like To Rome With Love. But... Um, but it's about a guy who is a, a Colin Firth plays a magician who is out to debunk people who are claiming to be mentalists who can kind of see the beyond or 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 pick things out about you that you know nail your childhood and know things that they couldn't possibly know. He's out to debunk them. He doesn't believe any of it. Uh, he does magic, but he's not the kind of guy who buys into the other stuff. So he's made a sort of half career of running around and doing that. And, of course, Emma Stone is the beautiful young girl who's the latest to have this power of seeing the dead and all, talking to the dead and all that. And romantic comedy ensues. But um, I'm surprised it's a, actually about magic. Because a Woody Allen movie called Magic in the Moonlight could just be about people on a park bench talking. <laughs> in the, yeah, in Central in Paris. Park. Yeah, in yeah. Central Park, yeah. <laughs> Although he's going to Europe now, it's his thing. Yeah, he's hiding out with But Roman it's pretty Pines impressive guy. how much he writes and how much he know, seems to know about spiritualism and mentalism and magic you know he's writing about something he's never made a movie about before but uh you know that ends up being uh have you seen it dave pretty impressive no i saw the trailer and he definitely did his homework yeah. it, it seems like he's he's doing something along the lines of what houdini you know spent the last half of his life doing which was debunking these psychic mediums and um but the cool little twist is that it seems from the trailer like she actually might have some sort of powers which that's yeah, he a, that's has a trouble twist. figuring her out. Yeah, it yeah. sounds really cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. So have you seen the Amazing Randy documentary? I haven't. No. Oh, I want to see this. Is it Amazing Randy? Th there's yeah. a guy named the Amazing yeah. Randy. Yeah, and he's, he spent <laughs> his there's also the Amazing Kreskin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's the guy who spent his his whole life debunking all these people. And there's a documentary about him out right now. Mm -hmm. And there's this huge reveal. Mike, you know anything no, about this? Never. No. Oh, there's this huge reveal about. I don't know. I don't know what it is about Randy himself, and it's this kind of like, it, it feels like, do you remember there was a movie called Alan Smithy? Yeah. yeah. And they were making the Alan Smithy, and for people who don't know, Alan Smithy is when a director doesn't want his name on a, on a movie, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you don't want your name attached to this, so you take, your, your, your name is credited as Alan Smithy. And then that movie became. And then the, the director who did Alan Smithy, right? Yeah. Decided to take an Alan Smithy on the because it was Smithy. so he didn't want his name on it. <laughs> and I, th I get the feeling that this documentary about Amazing Randy has an Alan Smithiness to it. How do you feel about magic movies, Dave? I mean, do you watch them with that critical eye, or are you are you able to watch a magic movie and go, okay, I'm not going to hold their feet to the fire on this because, yeah, that's know? how I watch it. In fact, that's how I watch magic when oh, I watch really? another magician. Yeah, I, I've got a good ability to just step into a layperson's eyes and just enjoy it. Who's your favorite one to watch? Uh, probably and name somebody we all know. So yeah, we can, so Teller. We can. Teller's pretty awesome. I'm so glad you brought up Penn and Teller because yeah. I really wanted to approach the Penn and Teller-ness because this movie seems to, to touch on what they made their name on when they came out. When they first came out, their whole shtick was to give away the trick at the end of the trick. 
Do you remember this? Or s- yeah, they get comedy out of it sometimes. Sort of giving this spin turning away. around and, then, and seeing where. No, when they came, yeah. when they first came out, their whole thing was to show you how they did the trick, and mm-hmm. they got kicked out of the Magic Castle for that. I, I, this is news to me. <laughs> I didn't know this, but I, I mean, I know. I'm that only making up some of this, so it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Wikipedia, it's on the it's internet. Yeah, right. It's got to be true. No, I actually know this. This is what mm-hmm. I know them to 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 well, have done. Yeah, they definitely they do like a a faux reveal, and then they fool you on that faux reveal. So like they'll they'll have a, like that last little beat where they they've showed you how they did it, but then there's that little moment where you go, oh shoot, they still have us, you know. Maybe I turned the TV off at that point. I okay. figured I, I walked away. Because well, I remember the one where they show you how they do the lady in the box. And Teller's, it's a glass stage. Yeah. And you see Teller sliding around underneath the glass stage, popping up in all these little. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but didn't they always hate the masked magician? Remember that yes. guy from the 90s? Yeah. Yes. Like they hated that guy, right? Yeah. They wanted to do him in. Well, I'm, I'm going to trust Dave on this one because you're an actual professional magician but i could have mm. swore that's how they made their money or that that's how they made their name when they first came out back when they were in like the east village in new york that's what they were doing and they were banned from the magic castle because of this because mm. they were giving things away and i've heard penn i know i've heard penn go on and on how he hates the magic castle oh how really he thinks it's this you know this, this elitist group and you know <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna fact check this please after. i don't know where's jamie when we need her so teller but not penn you said teller but no no I, I like penn and teller but like as far as a creative mind in magic. I think Tellers is really brilliant in a lot of ways. He's an artist. He like he creates metaphors with magic. That's what I try to do sometimes. Yeah. Couple yeah. that with sort of anarchy and you got a great show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I've seen that show twice in Vegas. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. And they have this theater where they whatever they want to do, you know, they'll build it. Because yeah. they keep mm-hmm. putting people in there. I and saw them in La Jolla at the La Jolla Playhouse. And uh great show. And there's this you know, they're they are who they are, right? And at the end of the show, um you can pay a quarter and see how this woman is like contorted in a barrel or whatever. But the whole show, Teller is Teller, and and he's he's the mute magician, right? Um, just coincidentally, the very next day, I was flying to Las Vegas on a Saturday, and there's Penn and Teller just hanging around at the gate, <laughs> waiting for the same Southwest flight I'm taking to Vegas. Yeah. And I go, and Teller is wearing like a, a yellow rain slicker. And I said, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And he started talking to me, which just threw me. (laughs) I was kind of prepared for for having to mime my whole conversation with him. And I just love the idea that they're like, no, the show's over. I'm not going to, you know, we're done. Yeah. Penn and Teller get killed. Have you seen that movie? Uh, No. Well, I hope I didn't give anything away. But at the end, (laughs) Penn and Teller get killed. But at the end, Teller just starts talking. Like, he's mute the whole movie. And then at the end, he just, they killed him. They shot him. I can't believe he's dead. What are we going to do now? And the camera just pulls back and Teller just keeps talking. <laughs> There's awesome. one of the best lines of, of that movie is uh, when they're running away with the girl, they get into trouble and they say, do what you want to the girl, but leave us alone. And they run off. <laughs> that, which I've always wanted to see in a movie and they, they delivered. So that was. So you like them. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Because I, I knew that, a lo- not a lot, but some magicians had a kind of a, an axe to grind with the fact that they gave away some of the some of the big tricks, which... Oh, okay. yeah. no, so that brings up two questions for me. The whole, uh, do you believe in uh, people who can talk to the dead? Hmm. Uh, not in a literal sense, no. But It's a show, yeah, you think? Y- you know, probably. I don't know. Um, the verdict's <laughs> out. Oh, really? I, 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 can, I can see I his been allegiances any... being torn I, right I now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen anything myself that would lend me to believe that. I don't even know if I believe in ghosts, you know? So until I see one, then I don't, I'm very skeptical. So. Well, 
I haven't seen Bigfoot, and I'm pretty sure he exists. <laughs> and what about the code of uh, telling how jokes are? You'd be, you're out of that. You'd jokes? Be, or uh, sorry, tricks. Tricks. <laughs> tricks. Illusions. I want to say illusions, but magic. now we've talked about how illusions are involve usually a plane or a tiger. But uh, So a magic <laughs> trick, telling how a magic trick is done. It's magic. Uh, you never, you never it's tell, magic. right? What are, we, what are we talking about? It's magic. Exactly. All right, good. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, speaking yes. of telling and exposing my favorite trick... Uh, I saw it at the Magic Castle, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who performed it, but it was cups and balls mm. with see-through cups, with glass cups. So you saw the cup, you saw the ball inside the cup. So you know what cups and balls is, Paul? Yeah. Mike, yeah, that, is that's actually the Vegas act that Penn and Teller did when I was there. See-through mm-hmm. cups and balls? Yeah, they're like mm-hmm. 20. And you see the ball just disappear. It just goes away. It's In David's show, he makes things appear on the other side of the stage. I don't even know how the hell that happened. Yeah, your your, your Facebook post was what the what the fuck? <laughs> how do you <laughs> feel about Ricky Jay? I think he's awesome. Is he? Yeah. Is I once saw. Go ahead. He's also you know he's a theater, a successful yeah theatrical and an actor. You know he's he's got sort of all the tools to be very engaging and successful. And you know what he did with a deck of cards and. You know, shooting cards into watermelons and all that kind of stuff. 52 it's assistants, Pretty cool, right? you know? Yeah. I went, saw him at the Geffen Theater. Mm, yeah. and, and I'm a huge Magic fan, in case you can't tell with all my <laughs> talking. Um, but I went and saw him at the Magic... Uh, I was all by myself. I just went and saw his show. And I'm just amazed at, like, 10 minutes into this, he's just doing another trick I haven't seen, another amazing mm. thing. And I'm in my head thinking, how do I explain this to people? How do I want to remember what happened just there, and I just want to remember what happened. And I couldn't. And then I realized, here's how you explain a Ricky Jay show. Um, he can do anything. Just any card at any time, from any sequence, anywhere, anytime. That's it. I mean, he, you could just give him a deck of cards. I want the, eight, uh, the four of diamonds. Boom, here it is. He can do it in all different ways, but he can pull any card from that deck at any time. So how's that done, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. Oh, okay. Damn, I thought that it was, is the best. See answer. how I it's softened magic. him up. I softened him up. And I thought he was going to reveal it. <laughs> so how do you do that? Okay. No, I don't want to know. I'm one of those guys. I watch the show and I don't want to know. You know, I sit there watching. Like I, 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 I'm out. I don't you gotta care. Come. You got to come to Magic and Wine. I definitely know will. You want to come? We'll get you. In there. Absolutely. Yeah. My, I remember growing up on Doug Henning. Yeah, he was great. And yeah. my my dad was just the ah oh, that's ah oh, scrub that there eh, you could see his feet oh the wall's not there oh you know he was the worst guy to watch magic with I just wanted to watch Doug walk <laughs> through a wall I remember he walked through a wall he and, he, like, and and he floated while he was uh, crossed his legs yes and, uh, those those little I remember that too oh Doug Henning you know the cool thing about Doug Henning was just that he had that sense that it was like it was really magical and. Um, and it wasn't about him being so like grandiose. It wasn't this like, look how cool I am. It was, look how amazing this is, you know. And, mm-hmm. and that's a different kind of subtext when you see a performer doing that. He, that changes the way I hear the word illusions because he had his way of pronouncing. And whenever you say it, Paul, yeah. in my mind, it's like illusions. <laughs> and whenever I hear anybody's, I can't help it. It's Doug Henning saying yeah. the word. You yeah. Remember Martin Short's impression? Oh, that's that. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Who inspired you as a magician? Uh, probably a lot of different sources. You probably haven't heard of a lot of them, but um, try me. Yeah, like Bob Fitch. Bob, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> glad we've heard of Bob Fitch. Um, uh, Cyril Takayama in the uh, UK. Uh, I showed you. Yeah, I introduced yeah, you to Cyril. He introduced yeah. me to that. I'm that did, cool I may have stuff. seen him. As far as television stuff goes, I think that's what inspired me yeah. to do the stuff that we did on on Travel Channel. And yeah. do you consider yourself a magician or an illusionist, or do you not think there's a difference? Um, I like the term magician illusionist 
is more really relating to more stage boxy women coming out of you know mm-hmm. boxes kind of thing it's more like puzzle to me whereas magic um magic is a feeling really and i'm just i'm trying to convey a certain experience with it rather than like referencing how it might be done it's more about how it's making you feel as a person like if you're trying to give someone an experience of magic that's really the end the end game you know so i'm trying to do magic that feels palpably real yeah and it always is close up i mean you watch the stage show it's so big you're like well something's going on yeah but when you're right in front of me (laughs) and like you got like you had a coin now you have five i'm like why (laughs) well to speak of the to the the feeling i'd shared before we went on with dave that the greatest magic moment i have ever experienced i was like 12 or 13 years old and i was the the victim i don't know how you call it what do you what what do you call the people victim the victim i was the victim of a of a trick and this was i was 12 so this was vcrs had just come into being right so i didn't have one in my house and my friend rob had one now this was the perfect trick because rob grew up um in a house of intellectuals his father was a, a professor at the local college and and all the boys there was three of them rob john and rich they were all very ex- very accelerated academic people so hanging out at rob's house it wasn't odd or unusual to see like some pbs show on tv that i've never seen before with really low production value and this comes into play so rob is also uh, at the time an amateur magician and he would always try tricks out on me. And there was nothing more fun than when one of Rob's tricks failed, right? <laughs> so this is what happened. So Because he was always very clever, and I always felt like if he failed in front of me, I had one on him, right? So he comes to me, and he says, here, here's a, uh, he goes, take, take, uh, take a, this deck of cards. I want you to look at the eighth card. Tell me what, you know, keep it in your head. Put it back in the deck. He shuffles the deck, and he says, is this your card? And now my card was the three of clubs, which obviously was forced on me. At 12, I didn't realize this was happening. And Rob shuffles a deck, and he pulls out, like, the, the nine of diamonds. And he says, is this your card? And I said, no. And he's like, oh, well, okay. I just started learning this trick. I'll have to try again. And I didn't press it at all because <laughs> I'm happy that Rob failed. And Rob just nonchalantly says, well, let's watch some TV. Again, I don't know what a VCR is, so Rob plays the VCR, right? And it looks like this really cheesy uh, PBS news program. And I don't know who Penn Gillette is. And there's mm-hmm. Penn Gillette yeah. on, you know this trick? Yeah. yeah. Penn Gillette's on TV, and he's reading some boring news story. And then he, somebody hands him this giant card, and he goes, oh, this just in. Is this your card? <laughs> and it's a giant three of clubs. <laughs> My head explodes. I'm like, how did the guy on the TV know what the card? And I'm running around the house screaming and yelling. And Rob is just wetting himself because he got me. I couldn't believe how I that remember that. F- it came out with her book, that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the one books. that had something on the screen, and you, you watch for about five it. minutes, and you wipe the screen. And yeah. it smears, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool I, tricks for stuff your, like that. Yeah. And that's your ex- friends, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the experience. That that how did it get in there? And it w- for me in that moment, it had to be magic. There was no other way to explain what happened. Of course, then Rob showed me. So amazing. Jonathan had a book like that where he said, "Go in, put a camera up in the corner of your bathroom, and videotape your toilet for about ten minutes." And then hang on to that tape. Next mm-hmm. time you're, you're, you throw a party and someone goes in the bathroom, when they come out, have the tape playing, and all your friends gather around the TV, pointing and laughing at the television. <laughs> <laughs> they think, you know, they think they were just videotaping. But, awesome. um, but you mentioned your Travel Channel show. I want to play a little clip from uh, Magic Outlaws, uh, which the great uh, Mike Nichols worked on here, uh, a while well, back. Wait, is this the clip that I gave you? Yeah. Okay. Because I thought, and um, you're going to basically hold that, and we're going to try to levitate it. So as soon as you start to feel it getting lighter, you're just going to very slowly release it, and not too quickly, or it'll drop. Okay, a little lower, a little lower. There you go. 
It's basically David freaking a bunch of people out in the bar. He's got a waitress holding a, a glass pitcher. Just holding it. This reminds me of Mono, the radio magician. <laughs> yeah. The amazing Mono. Into this thing. You feel it getting lighter? <sighs> David, from across the room with okay? nothing but sheer will, okay? smashes the uh, the pitcher that's in the girl's hand. Wow. And uh, and everybody freaks out, which is the best part of any magic show, when the whole room of people go, Go! <laughs> and they have to run around and take their shirts off and go all crazy. That's the best. So and there was a lot of that on that show. You just freaked people out. I saw. Who were the other guys you know, in that show the, with you? The hard part about that was we shot for I think three days on on a half hour episode. You know, and compared it's really, to really like, really short. <laughs> and that like was like that like was including too, right? yeah, and that was including like the driving shots. So we didn't have a lot of time. We got sometimes two takes to get a piece right and. We just had to kind of go with the reactions we got. And some t- a lot of times when people are on camera, they're super reserved and kind of weird. And then the camera shuts off and they come up to you afterwards and they go, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> you know, you're like, you couldn't say that on, on camera? Like, really? So, I mean, it was it was a challenge in that short of a time to get those reactions yeah. that you're talking about. David Blaine, he shoots for months to do a special, you know. So, and that's a great luxury to have. I hope someday I have that luxury, but. And who were the other guys in that show with you? Ben Seidman and Chris Korn. You ever see Emily? No. no. <laughs> How do you feel about David Blaine and, and Dave Angel or Mike Angel? Or Chris Steve, Angel. Chris Angel. Uh, David Blaine yeah. is doing magic well. Is he? he, he uh, his Sitting last in a special, block of ice? Really? Well, you That's know, magic. but his last special with the celebrities gave ABC one of their best, or gave them their best finish for the year and had huge ratings and really, I think, was good for magic because it lets us now go and pitch shows and go, Hey, look what, look what happened on ABC. You know, why don't yeah. you have a magician? So that's what I'm trying to do. I like right when now. he does his magic magic. I don't like when he's doing stunts. Yeah. Stunts I think most me, people yeah. don't, but if you look back to Houdini, the way that Houdini became so famous and we all know his name is through those public spectacles, even if they weren't that, you know, magically amazing because there was no magic involved. That's sort of the, the format David Blaine kind of has taken with those and, doing a public spectacle and sitting in a block of ice gets him tons of people talking about him and that's really all he's after in that. Yeah. So yeah, it's not really magic as far as we know, but it, it definitely helps his brand. Do you have s- something you can do for us? Do I have something? I yeah. yeah, I can do something for yeah. you. Just, just happen to have a deck of cards here. What? Yeah. Just may may, may right I here. inspect I that deck of cards? Got there. I need to inspect. You can inspect. In fact, you can shuffle that it deck It says of cards. air cushion finish. So already something's up. <laughs> something's fishy. <laughs> something's fishy. Air cu- Ooh, they are air cushioned. They are air cushioned. Those are bicycle playing cards. Um, so there you go. Give them a shuffle. Oh, I don't know how to yeah. shuffle. I, I don't either. I Well, I do know how to shuffle. I just don't want to bend anything because I... Oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to... B- he actually opened that deck of cards before the show, but took plastic off and everything. Yeah. So he's not messing with you. Well, I know. I just I don't want to ruin. Oh, I know what you're saying. I don't want to bend the pre-folded yeah. card, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Do whatever you need it's to do. Brand I new. feel good about that. Okay, before I touch them, though, uh, in fact, why don't you just take the cards yourself? You just shuffle them, so I don't want to touch these cards. Dave, can I take a card? Any card? <laughs> <laughs> Please pick a card. Any card. No. What do you want me to do? I'm not going to touch this deck. So, okay, what so do you want me we'll to do? go ahead and take one out. Oh, take one out. Yeah, you shuffle. If you want to give him another shuffle, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Sure. 
taking card. Are you happy with your card? I am extremely happy. And why do they always ask that? <laughs> because <laughs> if you got an ace of spades and you thought somehow oh, maybe okay. I forced that on you or something like that. I don't know. We just So uh, anywhere you like, just place it back in there. Any? Oh, did you look at it? Show these guys. Here, I'll look this yep. way. I'm going to turn my okay. head. Show, show the people in the audience. There we go. Okay. I forgot we're on TV. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Keep forgetting video. that too. Thank you. All right, great. Have we all seen the card? Yes? We did. Okay. Uh, so just, yeah, anywhere you like. There, there you go. Oh, and now he's touching it. it. Now he's touching it. He said he's never going to We're it. speeding this process up. <laughs> I know. Lee, you're slowing things down. For the love of God, <laughs> pick a take, card and get on take, with it. Take this, okay. like this. Yeah, in your hand. All right, very good. So here's the idea. You shuffled the cards. You chose what card you wanted. You, let's see what else. He decided where it went back in. He's holding them. I'm not going to touch these cards. He hold slowed it, things hold down. It, hold a little, yeah, he did. <laughs> hold your, uh, your cards a little further in front, right a little higher there. And because that matters, it, it matters. Does. I want okay. I want this to be a good shot. Here. Oh, okay. so <laughs> so it does matter. Brain waves are getting right there. There there is a camera for the people that are listening. Who let you in the magic castle? Lee? <laughs> Seriously, that why are you <laughs> this guy? That was hold magic. It, hold it like this. Okay, now focus but I, on I love your the card. fact that I forget my own show as a camera. <laughs> Fo- focus on your uh, your my card card in your mind, the card that you saw. All right, and try to get a feeling of the card. So a war- uh, red card is warmer, black card is colder. A high card is more exciting, low card less exciting. So focus on the feeling of the card. All right. This is sort of an intuition. See, now uh, we know why he had a hard time answering that question of whether or not he believes people can talk to the dead, because he's reading my mind right now. I'm trying. Mojo. I'm trying. Hold, hold the cards right there. Just take a deep breath. And if you would describe for your listeners who aren't watching this exactly what's happening, how far away from this yeah, deck David of cards is, am I? David, if, if you're not watching the YouTube video of this, he's completely removed from the cards. Lee's holding them up in front of him. Take a deep breath. Think of your card as you breathe out. Let your muscles relax. Here we go. How far am I away from this deck of cards? About just a foot. just describe About a what foot. happens here, okay? Take a deep breath, yeah, relax. Here we go. Relax. Relax your arm a little bit. You're very tense here, man. Relax. Relax. Oh! <laughs> All right. The card has uh, come out of the top of the deck on its own and Take continues to. Take the card. I don't, I, it's, I don't want the, to now. Show the <laughs> that is ridiculous, Dave. Five of spades. Now, the here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. It I've been floated. S- I've been sitting next it to this guy the right whole time. Right in front time. of me. I love this. He, he made a weird. card float. David Macon made a card float. Even if it was the wrong card, it's still cool. Floats are still amazing. Just happened to be a bonus that yeah. it was the right card. Okay, how'd you do that? It's always it's about magic. the how. I got this, him, David. It? I got this. It's magic. Oh, thank you. It's always about the how. That is I. Yes, I used to go to the castle all the time, and I love, and I think this is what Paul's getting at, I love sitting right here and keeping my eyeball on it and watching it, and I still can't figure out how I, that I happened. Mean, I have no idea what just happened. No. Uh, Jocelyn has this great, maybe it wasn't Jocelyn, somebody else has this great bit where the, the coin goes right through the babushka. Babushka? Well, it's a little cloth. You can see through the cloth, but he, uh, babushka, a little thing old ladies put on oh, their head okay, down there. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a scarf, a very uh-huh. thin scarf, and it just... He just plops the coin. Right? Can you do that now for me? <laughs> no? Okay. That was amazing. Tricks for you. Thank you. That man. was amazing. I love that. That was pretty cool. So, do you, are you the type of magician that comes up with his own tricks? Are you? <clears throat> I mean, yes. We. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that that I perform that that have come from books from mm-hmm. other magicians. You know, there's a rich sort of culture of magic that's passed along, um, but the ultimate goal is to create magic that has your own stamp on it yeah. in some way. 
So for Magic Outlaws, it was either original pieces or things that were twists on classics, but we didn't do anything. It was our goal not to perform anything that wasn't at least moving something forward in some way or coming up with something original. So we were pretty proud of the stuff that we did on that show. It was a lot of fun. Do you ever uh, just get the urge to blab it all? Never. How the fuck did you make that card fly in the air just now? (laughs) Can you do it again? Can we do it? I'll be quick about it. it No, we're not doing it again. (laughs) Jesus, that was crazy. You got one more? Can you do one more? Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, What do we have here? You have... I love this. He's looking around the room. What can I make (laughs) magic out of? You have... Do you have any iPhone tricks? Yeah, sure. You got a phone? You got an iPhone? Which... Is that an iPhone? Is yeah, that an iPhone? This is an iPhone. I, sh- I shut it off. I have an iPhone too. Mine is on. I just turned it off. Uh, why don't we do an Really? IPhone? You have iPhone tricks? I could do an iPhone. Because I wrote down a joke here. iPhone magic. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. Let's do one. Uh, do you have a calculator in your phone? I do. All right. Great. Let me see the calculator. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, do you mind if I clear out your number here? Is that Go okay? ahead. Uh, okay, if there's great. a number on there, it's... Yes, you don't need this for your taxes or anything I like don't. that. You're getting texts, by the way, as, as we oh, do. Oh, really? At bat. At oh, bat yeah, those are, those are you. updates. Angels game updates. <laughs> very important. You get texts. <laughs> for I Angels need to know games. if they're winning. They're playing very well, David. Wow. Maker. Amazing. Uh, so let's see. How do we clear this out here? Okay. Uh, I'm going to have... Uh, let's have you enter the number here. We'll do this. Okay. Clear. I love how let's Dave looked at me. He's like, no, we're not going to <laughs> do <laughs> it. No, I'm not going let's to Let's have right, Paul so, do this. So here's the deal. Without thinking, type in a two-digit number, one between one and a hundred. Just first thing that comes to All mind, right. type it in. Then hit X. That's the multiply. Okay. And now uh, they're going to call out numbers and just type in the number and then hit X between every number. So we're multiplying, becoming a, a larger number. So. Okay. A number between one. One and a hundred. Yeah. Um, first seven. One. Seven X. Okay. And then the X. Yeah. Thirteen. Thirteen. Multiply again. Uh, put another one in. Uh. There you go. 56. And then hit the multiply and 69. <laughs> 11. <laughs> 11. Then hit equals. So we've got a pretty big number, hopefully, at this point. How yeah. many digits do you have there? Uh, 10. 10. So this could be, this is a giant number that you guys have created amongst yourselves. Nice and, uh, and this could be a number of significance somewhere in this world. 10 digits would, would be what? Like a. That would be like 8 billion or something, or yeah. 10 billion, yeah. or something like that. So this could be a guy's bank card number in Zimbabwe, maybe, or it could just be some random... Social, no. Social, no, nine. that's nine. What else has 10 digits? Uh, it could be a credit card number. Yeah, an international phone number or something. Oh, like a phone number? It does yeah. start with eight. That's I think that's Europe. Yeah? We should dial it. <laughs> That's a magic trick, and it's somebody you know we know. Dial it right now. Why not? Let's dial it, and then if it's a real number, so just tell him the number, and he'll dial it. Yeah, and then if it's a real number, we're gonna uh, put it on speakerphone, and I'm gonna ask. Fuck you already. <laughs> fuck you already. <laughs> Dave 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 these are the random numbers came out. If with it the works, we'll, we'll eight billion hundred eighty-five thousand nine. Eight billion hundred eighty-five million nine hundred four thousand six hundred. Give it to me. Give it to me. Eight one eight. I'm going to. Okay. So one eight one eight. And then hit speakerphone so we can uh, have a little yeah, chat. Already, already. Speakerphone, speakerphone. My mind is making, you're my creeping us out. My mind is already blown. I am pre-blown. Put it up, uh, hold it up. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Mike Nichols calling me? Oh. Hello, this is David. <laughs> that is brilliant. Hello? Oh my gosh. 
not a good time. I'm actually doing something wrong. <laughs> That's okay. I, I just hung up. <laughs> Jesus, Mike, you called in the middle of the show. That is... Jesus. For a second, I went, David, you're doing a trick. You don't know to turn your phone... Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that is brilliant. How the hell? Is that this number right there on my business <sighs> card? Is that the same number, I believe? It, it is. 818-590-4600. Unbelievable. And why would you call that number? Why would I call it? No, the plug to book David Menken David at Menken. your next event. Jesus. Oh, that, that was great. We picked random numbers. I didn't even think about <laughs> and them. Here's I the just thing. pushed two numbers. I, well played, I said good 69 sir. in there, Paul. I, yes. <laughs> that, was, well, that was the key number, must, actually. Because well played, because at the, the beginning of that trick, I thought it was going to be one of those hokey number math numbers where, of course, it's about math. And then... You very well, very well, you played that. Well, let's just give it a call. And I didn't see that turn coming until you insisted on calling that number. I'm like, oh, shit. Jesus. All right. Enough enough, David Minkin. Let's talk to the great Mike There's Nichols no for a second. There's no such thing as enough David Minkin. I know, exactly. But uh, let's turn to Mike for a second because he's here joining us, but we haven't talked to him yet to catch, uh, catch up on what he's doing. Every time he's been in here, he's brought some stuff. There were New Year's resolutions. There were, like, sound effects. Ben Birdie type stuff he's been working on. So what's new with you, Mike? Well, I was, I was saying that the, the two things were... Um, if you wanted to talk about the mom on movies, I do. Yeah. Yeah, movie guy, any movie guy loves a good movie podcast. Yes, and you my mom, uh, my mom and I, she's very different. My parents live in the middle of nowhere. They don't know a lot about things <laughs> or stuff. Things, uh, stuff, things and stuff, things stuff, things and stuff, and movies <laughs> is going on. And so uh, I, I signed up for Netflix and have DVDs delivered, and I pick them and I choose what they watch, and I keep trying out different things. And my mom, I, she calls me on the phone. And she gives me her and my father's review of the movies. And they're strange. <laughs> Let's play a little piece, yes. shall we? Hi, this is Mike at The Edit Doctor on Twitter. Although I live in Los Angeles, the movie and television capital, my parents live in a small rural area and know very little about movies and TV. So I finally signed them up for Netflix so that each week my mom and I have something more to talk about than the weather. So I present to you Mom on Movies. And I sent you the movie that everybody on the planet loves, <laughs> Frozen. And then I just called you a few minutes ago. Now, you said Dad had a comment about both movies. What was that comment? Oh, what was the wording you said? I wouldn't have a goddamn dog to watch it. He wouldn't have a <laughs> goddamn dog to watch it, he says. What did he say about the other one, though? That one's funny. I think he said something about stick it up your ass. I think that's what he said. So Frozen is a movie that I could just stick up stick up my ass? That's, <laughs> that's the, the one you said for Frozen? Yeah, I guess that's the one he said about Frozen. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. There you go. <laughs> what the hell did Frozen ever do to anybody? I know. And you then think the, you're picking? Now, did you really think you're picking good? They're gonna like this. I tried to pick things that I really think that they will. That's tough because uh, I. And, and she points out that she doesn't like it because it's animated. <laughs> she doesn't like that. I love that your dear sweet mom has to translate from your father. Oh, that's <laughs> the best part. Your father <laughs> said, uh, "What? What was that, honey? <laughs> shove it up his ass." He said, "Shove it up your ass." Yeah. iTunes for this? You can go on. Uh, yeah, iTunes yeah, yeah. iTunes, and uh, if you just go to momonmovies.com, you'll get. Oh, uh, a co- there's a couple episodes up there right now. Next will be my mom's review of the fantastic film Gravity. Oh yes, I can only imagine that. And then down the line, I'm going to attempt Memento. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get confused by that, uh, that's, that's let alone a mom. Look forward to it. Uh, what else you got going on? Well, you know, you have me on the show here, and I usually bring something Star Wars uh, related. True. And uh, I made a mistake using Flickster, I believe, thought that sex tape 
uh, was coming out this week, and you guys will be talking about it. But apparently, you did that last week. Flickster. Powered by Rotten Tomatoes. Power, powered by Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so what could possibly go right? Well the, <laughs> well, the thing is, I started thinking about all the different sex tapes and stuff that are out there. And uh, do you know who um, Alan Ladd Jr. is? He used to run Paramount. Mm-hmm. And he was friends with George Lucas. And back in the day when they were making Star Wars, Star Wars was this off-the-charts, no one understood it. But Alan Ladd said, let's, let's, let's go with it. So he's the one that, hmm. that said yes. To Star Wars. To Star Wars. But during the wow. course of that, a lot of the effects and everything weren't done. So when they would show executive screenings of that movie, no one liked it. And it being the 70s, that was when kind of the heyday of those sexual uh, films started to come to be. Someone's suggestion was, we're not going to get the effects done, so let's re-edit this movie so that it appeals to the more adult cinema audiences really now, yeah so i thought that george lucas the thing that he like a sex tape he didn't want to be out there was the holiday special yes which that's exactly. what he was always trying to but that's really apparently just a front for this sexual edit of the star wars movies <laughs> and i found uh here oh wow quarter inch videotape <laughs> three quarter inch i don't know if we'll be able to play that from the egg company which was the uh, code name for the star wars ilm it says so right on the label it says so right on the label <laughs> it's a test reel and uh, i found this at a yard sale from alan ladd jr's uh well let's just hold this up to the light and see what we got here yeah that was so, a lucky uh, find so i had somebody uh run off some of these and um I, I brought them. Oh. So these are clips. Uh, I guess I might have to set this up. These are scenes from the movie Star Wars, but they're re-edits done by Lucasfilm for the adult cinema. In the uh, event that the special effects weren't going to come through. They weren't going to be that done nope. for months, and they might run out of money, so they were going to try to repurpose the film. <laughs> Let's listen in. <laughs> On a star cruiser. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What's this? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Who is she? <laughs> well, I guess you're too uh, small to run away on me if I take this off. Okay. Always effective. And so then the movie, uh, I, I guess they started being creative and started pushing the sexual boundaries, not only just, I guess, masturbation and with uh, a robot, but it starts going a little bit more risque. Hello there. Ben? Ben Kenobi? Boy, am I glad to see you. Very interesting. (laughs) I have something here for you. What is it? (laughs) Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. (laughs) Your uncle wouldn't allow it. Ben? (laughs) (laughs) Remember, a Jedi can feel the force. There's a lot going on in there. I mean, I found a handful of them, but what was interesting (laughs) is at the end of this, uh, somebody had kind of spliced it. Apparently, they were doing it for Empire Strikes Back as well. Oh, Oh. so even after Star Wars was a huge commercial special (laughs) effects filled hit, they still thought, well, maybe for the second one. And I I think the reason why is they had had on paper that they needed to get some sort of a suave guy, and so they knew they were going to have a Lando character even back then for the sexual aspects of the film. And I found this clip at the end of the tape. Remember, you lost her to me fair and square. And how you doing, Chewbacca? <laughs> you still hanging around with this loser? <laughs> Hello, what have we here? <laughs> Welcome, I'm Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator of this facility. And who might you be? Leia. 
welcome, Leia. All right, all right. <laughs> Everyone's invited, of course. You old smoothie. <laughs> that was kind of like a, a sexual threesome. Oh, and then the credits. That and was the, credits. the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> You go out well, on that. That's, that's the way they end. You say you got this yeah. at a garage sale, right? I got it at a yard sale. Yard yes. sale. Wow. Yes. Was See, there, it's still dusty. Well, and was there any other anything else that that they weren't sure about the product and how it was going to do, so they made porn out of it? Uh, well, I'm sure there was a lot of them. I just didn't find tapes of those. I mean, everybody. It's kind of a common thing now that whenever you're editing something, some executive always wants to add more sexual uh, overtones. To, right. Like to, what else? Well, I mean, I, David, uh, we worked on a show together. There's a show called Magic. Uh, Outlaw Travel Channel. <laughs> yeah, it was, on tra- it was on Travel Channel. There was a couple episodes, and it was one of those things where executive people were looking at this uh-huh. for a more sexual, uh, you know, audience. And um, well, I, I think I, I wonder br- what that might have sounded. Yeah, like. I think I brought a clip of that. <laughs> oh, no. I want to show you something cool. Do you have a second to see something yeah. uh, a little magical? Yeah. You put that glass down there. Okay. Now, think of uh, something that you want in your life. That you okay. don't have, okay? And okay. Um, and now imagine that you actually have it. Imagine that feeling of actually having it. Coincidentally, <laughs> <laughs> I was David with a, a series of women in a bar, oh. freaking them out. And they always, yeah. whatever happens, it always ends with. <laughs> Get some of that sweet Cinemax after dark money there, Dave. <laughs> He's speechless. <laughs> I don't even know if I apologize at this point. <laughs> well, well, no, you, this is something you've just found at a launch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, well, thanks for that, Mike. Um, we're running out of time. I don't think we have time for what you see this week, but I would rather have seen those magic tricks than, than yeah. played that. But uh, Time well spent. Yeah, so we don't Indeed. even have time for that. But, um, the, but we thank you for coming by. David Macon, everybody. David Macon. Thank you very much. Wine and ma- magic and wine. Magic and magic wine. And wine. Oh, oh, we're winding things down. Winding things Winding down. things down. Yes. That wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. David Macon, your plugs? What do you got? What should we be doing? Magicandwine.com. There you go. Mike? Uh, MomOnMovies.com. Yeah. And soon the He-Man movie, yes. right? Toy Masters. The documentary. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's got Toy title. Masters, yeah. Oh, the documentary, all things you want to know about He-Man, how it started. The adventures, the drama, from. who invented it. That seems to be the biggest drama, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, and Steve Scholes, thank you as well, my friend, for your writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. We're back next week as we enter the August movies, starting with Guardians of the Galaxy. And as you can imagine, Adam will be back for that. See you then! In cautious tones, you answered me with no pretense.